Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of About Abroad, where it's my job to introduce you to people who have built amazing lives for themselves in various foreign corners of the globe. We're talking with expats and thought leaders about moving abroad, remote work, visas, and all the fun and practical knowledge that you need to know to follow in their footsteps. If you've ever dreamed of making a life for yourself overseas, maybe working remotely or embracing long-term travel, retiring or studying abroad, or even just taking a peek inside life beyond your borders, you've landed in the right place. Today's episode is a little different than the norm. This is a special edition that we call About Abroad Happy Hour. It's just a segment within the Greater About Abroad series, which is focused on in real life conversations. So normally I'm meeting up with people via Zoom or some other interface and we're in professional studios with microphones and all that. But in this case, I'm doing something that I just really enjoy doing was actually what brought this idea of this podcast to my mind in the first place, which is just going out into the real world, sitting down, having a coffee or a beer or something and hanging out with a fellow expat and learning a little bit more about their life. So today I'm doing that with my friend Luke, who is from the Netherlands. He moved here to Valencia, Spain, which was a dream of his for a long time, started his own business and has just really done well. So he, he talks us through some of the, the challenges, what life was like back in the Netherlands, what, what life's like here in Valencia for him, the concept of building a business, digital marketing, all of this. So uh, the content's really great. Of course, we're not in a professional studio, so you got to give us a break on the audio. But if you're okay with that, then I think you'll enjoy what Luke has to share. So feel free to uh, have a drink yourself and join us. Salute, cheers, and enjoy the show. Luke here today, which is... We're going to have a conversation that I've wanted to have for a long time because Luke and I are buddies. We're friends. We know a good bit about each other, but also there's a good bit I don't know. Yeah, So always is, yeah. hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> so first of all, this is a boozy edition of the About Abroad podcast. So we are both sipping on a couple just craft brews. Very much into beer, you guys from America, <laughs> into IPAs especially. And those are the ones that I like as well. So... Thanks for recommending me the Puro Tropical. Puro Tropical, yeah. I think this is a, a session IPA, and I've got a uh, I've got an American Pale Ale from Barcelona here in Ingorail. I'm I've kind of been. Uh, I know you're a Tim Ferriss fan too. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever listened to any of his shows where he does like the boozy version with one of his friends. They just sit there and drink something <laughs> until they get a little obliterated. And by the end of the show, there's a definite chain uh, voice. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't seen the, the Tim Ferriss one, the podcast that I like and people bringing wine into them. Yep. And what happens, you can kind of see the quality of the podcast going up until <laughs> yep. it like drops until below zero <laughs> it falls off the ledge yeah, yeah exactly yeah well we'll tr we'll try not to get there but in in the meantime i will enjoy this and uh so yeah cheers Whee. cheers to finally making this uh this conversation cheers. happen yes mm. so after testing sound for an entire afternoon last week yeah <laughs> it's good to be recording yeah finally finally we're getting this this show underway so there's a couple points that I think are really interesting for people that listen to About Abroad that I think 
you can shed some light on. We have a similar story in that we've like kind of quit our more corporate jobs and decided we wanted to live abroad in different countries, started our own thing, tried different things, and ended up living a, a very comfortable life here in Valencia. So I want to get into some of that. I also want to talk about like story behind how you chose Valencia mm-hmm. and then and sort of what life's like for you now, what you do for your day job and, and for fun around here and just, yeah. just basically like what's what's life like for Luke? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I can talk about that. <laughs> I feel like you might That's be well versed. Yeah, the only thing I'm an expert in. Yeah. No, but it's, it's kind of the same thing that like I know what you do for Doist and I kind of know yeah, what what your what your job is and and what the company does, but what I don't know yet and what people might also want find interesting is how you moved from corporate to there because that's black box for me yeah yeah yeah. it's a i mean that was a that was a long time coming for me i feel like it was you know i for for anybody that doesn't know i sort of went like straight from university college straight into six years of I hesitate to call it corporate a really awesome company that put a lot of focus from like especially from an american standpoint on work-life balance and like enjoying yourself outside of work it was a very social place i learned a ton i I really loved my my job there but i also just had this like crazy desire to travel and live in other countries corporate Um, isn't necessarily a negative thing yeah it doesn't have to be like it it does sort of have like a negative connotation i think but you know people it, it definitely does not have to be. But for sure, in comparison to what I do now and yeah. the type of company I work for now, it was much more of a, a corporate feel. Did you, you wear know? a suit? I did, yeah. Suits and shies and blazers was, was, more, was more a normal, <laughs> yeah. uh, normal wear. No man buns. No. No, no man buns. <laughs> few beards. Few <laughs> so. beards. Very few beards. So, but yeah, so I mean, my quick story, I went from six years of that to needing a year to kind of figure out something else. And Mm -hmm. Allison and I, my wife and I spent a year traveling and we went around South America and Europe. And during that time, I I helped her with her business and kind of learned more about like e-commerce and freelancing and sort of the digital nomad life Yeah. before finding Doist and then starting with them. And now, you know, how did you find them? (laughs) Allison found them on Pinterest. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. She was, it's funny, I was looking for location independent jobs and something that would resonate with what my skill set was, which yeah. was more like business development, marketing, soft skills as opposed to hard. I couldn't, I was having a lot of trouble. All the jobs were like software engineer, uh, yeah. digital marketing yeah. people, you know, like I just didn't have some of the skills. But she found uh, an article on Pinterest that was like 50 companies hiring people from anywhere in the world or something yeah. like that. And this one job just like was perfect for me. The title was International Marketing Coordinator. It was basically working with all of our different Mm -hmm. uh, main 17 different countries and figuring out local strategies and stuff and coordinating with them. And it it was awesome. It was like perfect for me. So that's how I made that transition. And now I've been there for almost five years. Five years. That's a long long time. And also a long time for a startup. Is it it called a startup? A scale up? Is it already like a... Yeah, we've never like graduated ourselves out of startup. We still say startup. Uh, We're bootstrapped. We haven't taken any funding. We're pretty conservative. We and so I think despite some like, quote unquote, success, 
certainly being beyond like the the true startup um, we're 85 people in 35 countries so we're we're I guess we're beyond like the prototypical startup level yeah. but we still feel very startupy the way we work yeah exactly and yeah. I think that's how a lot of people would view it as well being a tech company um, working from all of those different it just sounds you you want to add the word you want to put startup on yeah. it even though <laughs> it clearly isn't anymore exactly yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we have a very like kind of strict culture around like, mm-hmm. you know, you you work from where you want, when you want. You know, there was a lot of perks towards like making your life better outside of work, not just focus solely on work. We talk about that a lot. We we try to as leaders in the company, we try to exemplify that. Mm-hmm. So culture of the company, which is literally exactly what I was looking for. Like yeah. I wanted a company that was going to be more more focused on the person than the work and like just know that the work will come yeah yeah, yeah i think there's a, there's a lot of companies that like to pretend yeah. they they do that and but it is very to have that to actually in, in the company's dna and i feel like it works <laughs> quite well at doist so i always like to hear about how these rules are in place like mm-hmm. um not responding uh, over the weekend or in, in on holidays or something like that and how they're actually followed instead of just being the rules for the nice bit and then uh, yeah the other the, the reality which is always like uh, the thing that we were talking about earlier the the automatic email reply <laughs> yeah you sent me a great picture of um what, what did it say it was like automatic email reply from a European, how did yeah. it go? <laughs> An automatic email reply from a European is like, I'll be away uh, for the next three weeks and your emails will be automatically deleted. Yeah. And <laughs> an email reply from an American as opposed to the European would be, um, I'm in the hospital, Your the answer to your emails might be delayed with, with uh, 30 minutes and if you really need me, you can call the ER <laughs> and, uh, and ask for my name. And that's, I feel like that is sometimes the reality between the two, uh, between the two. Totally. <laughs> I mean, if you can imagine for me too, like going from like working and growing up in like an American environment around with a work, with a, a focus on work that is very, not too, I mean, that's a funny joke, but it's like far from reality yeah. either. Um, Which makes it a little less funny. Yeah. <laughs> But to go from that to now living in Europe, I've been here for two and a half years and working for a European-based company with European mindset around work. It is it is really interesting, like to to see how your brain adjusts to what what's expected and what's normal. Like, yeah. I expect forty days of vacation uh, now, and I expect that when I sign off for the weekend, I'm not working, and that when I go on vacation, I'm not working. Like, actually, get punished for that at yeah. Doist if you. If you do that, like you could be potentially let go for something like that. So that is that, those yeah. are very interesting things for me because that is not that is something that would be easier to apply to European companies maybe, but it's definitely not the norm. Are we going to hear that? Yeah, <laughs> but it's definitely. I'm tapping tapping the table and I'm wondering like if if this sound. Let's see. Good, but it's, you guys hear that? <laughs> but I, um, We've got no corporate sponsors yeah, here exactly. or anything, so I mean, we'll be okay. <laughs> Great. It's definitely not the norm. And I, so we, my girlfriend and I have a digital marketing agency, which we are trying to grow at the moment. And um, for now, it's just the two of us. Mm-hmm. But this is, this is kind of what we try to do. It doesn't really work for us yet. And it makes me wonder how 
how to apply these things into your own yeah. company. When you're because, in growth stage, yeah, you're yeah, you're exactly. you're trying to scrap your way to the to the top, so yeah. to speak, and you how do you say, Oh no, I'm taking two weeks off and just not opening exactly. my laptop. I have clients, but yeah, yeah that's it, it's much more difficult in that in that yeah. situation. So it's it's something that I would like for my potential employees, mm-hmm. but I feel like it's super difficult to to actually do it yourself because when I am on a holiday for a week and on day two I see an email coming in from a potential client, I want to answer. I'm also motivated to answer and I really want to and I want to talk with that person, but yeah. I r- realize at the same time that that it it makes it a lot more difficult to get into that holiday vibe which takes a few days maybe a week or so yeah you need that time to get into it and then a time to decompress afterwards and if you're kind of littering it with work in between you never really get into that mode yeah Yeah, exactly Um, i think it's yeah let's uh so where do you think the nether like you're you're from the netherlands and i know i i think like people tend to group Europe together and it's about like work-life balance and the way companies work where do you put the Netherlands in comparison to I mean we're living here in Spain which is super relaxed Mm -hmm. super laid back we joke all the time like places put up a sign on that say hey we're closed for vacations we'll be back in six weeks yeah and you're like (laughs) how do you close for six weeks you just close (laughs) your doors for the entire month of August yeah and uh, everybody's gone but like so where do you put the Netherlands on Mm -hmm. that on that spectrum like if if the u.s is on one end of the spectrum and spain's on the other where where's the netherlands in the in the middle yeah yeah that, that is putting it where it is for me like in the in the middle somewhere like probably starting to lean a bit more towards uh america mm-hmm. where because um life revolves a lot around work in the netherlands and i think uh, that might be the same in uh, in the US. Whereas in coming to Spain, mm-hmm. I really have to get used to getting into a conversation with someone. For example, here at the work together and the co-working, you you meet someone new and you start you start a conversation, um, and it's with non-Spanish people. It's almost immediately about what kind of work you're in, what um, yeah. and because that's it's an office and that's the logical way to head and when you talk to a Spanish person I I found myself talking to them for an hour and on day two as well on day three as well and then on day four I'd realize like I don't even know what what line of work they're in and beautiful thing (laughs) yeah it's a beautiful thing and it was it was weird to realize also going going back to the Netherlands from here and having that in mind it's weird to talk to someone about work and you're you're very deep into the the amount of leads that you pull in and you're talking about work and you feel like it's it's okay because you're making conversation yeah but on the other hand i realized it is super weird to talk about work for 20 minutes and then try to move back to someone's sister and yeah. how's your family doing <laughs> and all of that it just it sounds very natural and whereas here i feel like it naturally is the other way around when when you're done talking about what you do in your spare time and how your family is you kind of you sometimes you accident on the subject of work uh, instead yeah. of s- starting it uh, starting with it and and i think that kind of shows how much 
we make a job the centerpiece of, of life. That's happening in the Netherlands as well, to get back to your question. And I think that's a lot more like the US and maybe the Mediterranean uh, countries are a bit different from that. Um, I don't want to make any claims here. I can Im the, the city that we're in, for example, I can imagine in Madrid, it's a completely different yeah. uh, than, than here. But if we're talking about the situation here in our, in our lives, I feel like that's the case now. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's going to be different in every every city. Obviously, like we generalize, people love to put like a label on a country or a city or, um, or but like obviously it it varies from place to place. When people think of the Netherlands, they think of like Amsterdam and canals and windmills and partying in in the the red light district and stuff yeah, like and, yeah. and smoking weed in coffee shops. But like you're from, I mean, you're from a small village in in the south of the Netherlands, right? And like yeah. I mean, life there was totally different than what someone might think of the prototypical life in in Amsterdam or something, correct? Completely different. I I don't really remember going to big cities. I remember going to Amsterdam. I do also remember not liking it because I wanted to go back to the village. Yeah. <laughs> How when big was, is the village? Young, What's the village like? It uh, has 2,000 inhabitants, wow. I think. So you have one primary school and the primary school is called uh, St. Oda. So it's... Uh, Catholic uh, primary school and you would find yourself in a group of friends from um, from year one till three mm -hmm. from the primaries the guys that are like the, the the guys that are in those three levels will become your friend group and <laughs> you just that's it yeah <laughs> and that's super different from from cities where you can where you choose and where you might uh, choose people that fit your the way you are more yeah. than like it being geographically based and villages like it's very very small it has a lot of uh, a lot of farms um, and I really like it it's yeah a, it's a great place to uh, to come back to and it's uh, it's where the roots are where they always will be and that's um, uh, it's a uh, great to just walk around and be able to greet everyone and uh, and come back to, to where you're from. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, a, similarly, although not from a village, like it's still always great for me to go back home and yeah. have, it's fun living in other countries, it's fun bouncing around and traveling a lot, but it's always good to go back home. Mm -hmm. and, and so and so you're- It is also fun because you know where you're from and you know yeah. where to go back, like the, it wouldn't be as much base that you that you come from. Yeah, that's that's an important thing, and also like some other people that I want to bring on this show and talk with are are people who, you know, like we 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 had the great fortune of choosing to live this life yeah. and and to try something different. And when we want to go back home, we can go back home. But you and I both know people who were either forced from their home for. Mm -hmm political reasons, economic reasons, religious reasons, whatever. And and they might say, you know, they they may love their their country or their city or their their family, but they'll they will literally say, yeah, I'll never go back or or I can't ever move back or, you know, so that's a it's a real privilege too that, yeah, that we that we have. I think that you and I both recognize that. Yeah. yeah. It is it is like that and the the fact that you can go home not now because of COVID. Yeah, a little different. I, mean, yeah, I get exactly. a little taste of this restriction right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm not allowed to go back at the moment, but... Let's get this timestamp. Yeah. This is during the corona crisis. <laughs> yes, yeah. We're in a pandemic. Um, 
And fortunately, if so, I publish this anytime, so yeah, COVID, but that is nowhere like you still have that home to, to go back to. And it's hopefully only temporarily that, that you're not able to go back. You can, but you need to be in quarantine and all of that. And it is certainly not the case that I would want to compare this to people who can go back to, uh, to yeah. the country that they might really want to go back to, at least to the way it has been or was before. And that is trying to integrate somewhere. Like you don't have that place that you know you'll fit right in when you go back. And that is a very, that is a, a sense of security that, yeah. that you and I both have, I, I, I think. That's a, that's a good point, actually. So how do you feel when you, you've been here for how long now? A year and a half minus two or three months of COVID yeah. uh, things. <laughs> Where you were yeah. back. In the Netherlands, yeah. And so how do you feel when you go back? Like, do you feel any different? Do you, like, what, I think two-part question like when you go back there and then when you return yeah. to to spain uh what is the what is the emotional roller coaster like even if it's <laughs> even if it's just very subtle <laughs> yeah yeah you you kind of find yourself having two lives right the one knows you you have two lives so that also kind of makes it one again because you know that i'm from the village and you'll probably meet the people from there and vice versa like my uh, friends and family come here and they meet you guys but still goes on while you're away and life over here goes on when you're back in the Netherlands and for me it also depends on the the reason that you're going back when it's for work and for family events see me putting work in the first place yeah. <laughs> you're so Dutch not very, not very Spanish. <laughs> to go back for family and work which is like a regular visit all of that, you know, it's temporary. Whereas last time we went back because there were some family issues and Corona things going on. You're in a very emotional place. Mm -hmm. And those visits seem to be completely different because you, it makes you realize that you're not able to control the, the chaos. Yeah. And so the, the thing that you were telling yourself that would happen, like staying in Spain, going back to the Netherlands every two months, all of all of that suddenly just falls apart and that makes you think about what what you really want and is is living in Spain what you really want and that's that's what I have been asking myself the last time we went back because that was during the the uh, an emotional visit so it it really depends on what the reason is you go you go back yeah. to uh, to the country you're from yeah it changes the the nature of the visit completely. Yeah. Well, that's actually a good segue into something that I think is really interesting about your story is you pegged Valencia as the place you wanted to live like years ago. And I want to talk about that specifically. Yeah. But very interestingly, I think like you actually made it happen. Like a lot of people will travel to London for the first time or they'll go to the Swiss Alps or to, you know, Japan or something. Mm -hmm. oh, I'm going to live here one day. And, and you... I'll let you tell the story, but I mean, you literally, Valencia, saw it, fell in love, said, I'm going to, you changed your life. You turned it upside down later on, Yeah. Um, which is kind of the second thing I really want to get into, which is, I think people would assume, oh, you're Dutch, you're in the EU, in the Shenzhen, you can just, mm -hmm. you can move to Spain, no problem. And to a degree, that's true, but to a degree, it's not. So I'd love for you to kind of walk us through like what was like you when you identified Valencia what that yeah. was like and then we'll kind of get into how you made it happen because I think that's what people would really people that are listening from other yeah. European countries might be really interested in that like yeah I want to make it happen but 
what do I do to make it happen? Yeah. So yeah, we'll, we'll go through that. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, so you're right about the first part. I went to Valencia with my fathers, is what I was going to say, padres. <laughs> with con mis padres. With my, yeah, with my parents uh, and my sisters. Uh, so it was the five of us in a hotel here, just outside the city, close to uh, Corte Inglés. Uh-huh. And I, it's not the pretty, that's why I'm mentioning, like it's not the prettiest part of the city. Yeah, yeah. Um, but More like a, a, kind of like a, uh, not, an in, not an industrial area, but like, Shopping malls yeah, and yeah, like exactly. it's not it's yeah. not like you're walking you're on yeah. cobblestone streets walking through the most exactly. beautiful tourist parts yeah. of the city. Um, but I saw it. I saw it as the most beautiful. Uh, <laughs> like the um, I remember walking up and down um, the the city and then uh, getting back to that hotel. And at at some point, I think after we walked out of the hotel and I pointed at a random apartment and told my parents and my sisters like. That's where I'll live someday. How long ago was um, this? Five years ago, I think. Five years yeah, ago, okay. Yeah, something like that. Uh, like I'll live there someday. And uh, I had, I think it was just after I told them that I wanted to walk to Russia. Um, <laughs> so everyone's like, yeah, sure. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, that'll probably never happen. You'll walk from here to Russia and back and, <laughs> and then you'll live here. Sure. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. So it might have not the most believe worthy story yeah. is what we say in the Netherlands literally Trust, trustworthy maybe trustworthy yeah. but I, I kept that in mind like it, it was not like I said it because I really really liked the city and the sun and the palm trees and every cliche was true but I also really liked the the atmosphere of the of the city that mm-hmm. we can uh, and, um, talk about later as well like we, we did a few weeks back and I feel like that's uh, that's one of the reasons that I really want to live here because it's kind of rugged is what you call yeah. it I think and it's like I grew up with a lot of uh, punk music and I feel like this perfectly fits that uh, that vibe like yeah. it's uh, not everything is perfect and uh, it doesn't have to be for me and that's what I that's what I really like to realize that things uh, aren't always the the perfect thing and yeah. It doesn't feel like uh, like Disney World, like perfectly manicured, kind of like yeah. like a lot of. Uh, I mean, I think particularly like a lot of European cities that mm-hmm. are very, that are just like when you're walking around, you know, packed in with other tourists, and it seems great to visit there, and it is cool to see. But when you think about living there, uh, it seems a bit too polished, like a yeah. bit too just like do, do real people live here, or yeah. is everybody like Mickey Mouse characters? Yeah. You know, like Venice probably being the biggest uh, great example. example of that. Yeah. And so I, I really like feeling as well. And then I told my, my parents, like, I, that's where I'm going to live. Uh, we went back and it's not like I put my entire life in. Um, how do you say that? Like, I didn't put my entire life in. Into this? Like, into uh, this, yeah, yeah, exactly. I didn't put my entire life into this, but it, but it, it, did, it was in the back of my head all the time. Yeah. So... I knew that I kind of wanted to live here and uh, at some point and I kept thinking about it. Um, Fast forward three years maybe, Mm -hmm. I met my girlfriend and uh, she had been uh, been traveling uh, through Southeast Asia or something and she uh, really liked that as well and she was also looking for a a new way to uh, to go abroad and we talked about it we wanted to do it in a, in a durable manner mm-hmm. 
So we were going to check out Valencia. We came here for for a weekend or something. Hanneke and I uh, came from the airport with the subway, got out of the subway station, and after 20 to 30 seconds, Hanneke just looked around uh, and said, yeah, this, <laughs> that's yeah, it. We'll, we'll yeah, move here. Exactly. <laughs> this, uh, this is great. And that was good. just on a trip, like it was on it like was, an exploratory yeah, exactly. trip, yeah? Yeah, we were just going to, because I kept talking about it, even though that I had only been there for two, three years before that, so it didn't really make any sense to anyone. Um, and had you either traveled much in Spain or, or in like the Mediterranean even, like other, like... No, no. not too much. Like you, like like people from Netherlands, Germany, they probably as well do is like, you visit the Mediterranean countries for the nice weather and it's always like it's super close if you compare that sure. to the US obviously. Yeah, what a, from from what airport would you fly from like Rotterdam or from from the village we we like to fly from either Veertjes in Germany uh-huh. or Eindhoven uh, which is north of our of the village. Oh uh, yeah. And that both of those are like half an hour drive maybe yeah. Veertjes even a, a bit less. 20 minutes from uh, from the airport, you fly for an hour and a half, two hours maybe, yeah. and then you land uh, inside the city that you that you live <laughs> in. In, so. in Spain or Greece or Italy or something. Exactly. You, yeah. 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 So yeah. an hour. So all of our American listeners right now are thinking: in an hour and 40 minutes, I can fly to the next state maybe yeah. and it looks exactly the same yeah. <laughs> they yeah. i hate luke a little bit more right now. yeah it's no. something that i never really realized before talking to you guys like you know us is huge but yeah. you also see a lot of people from the usa traveling so you don't really think of it being such a long distance trip but it's for example, your aunt and uncle, they, they wouldn't come for, for a day and a half. They, right. They'd come for a week and a half. Yeah, exactly. And that's uh, that's I, I realized recently, like uh, a little while back. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the, so Hanneke came and that's that's kind of, she said yes to, to Valencia. And <laughs> she that's, said yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's kind of, uh, that's kind of where we started to, to plan things at little more serious because I was working at a marketing agency at that time um, in Utrecht in the Netherlands and I liked my job mm-hmm. I I enjoyed the people that I worked with it was also kind of a small uh, small company I think it was five of us back then and it all worked fine we had a beautiful place that we lived in I really liked Utrecht I had a another privilege was that uh, I was offered a uh, uh, um, indefinite contract uh, i don't yeah. know how you guys would say that in english i don't know if you guys even know that in, <laughs> in the u.s we, we don't know <laughs> that doesn't exist on yeah. any on any in any sense of the word that doesn't <laughs> exist <laughs> you're just making things up yeah. now luke you're <laughs> using dutchisms <laughs> yeah yeah that it, um, it works like that in the netherlands so you can you can have temporary contracts up until two years and mm-hmm. then from that you move uh they they can either uh, let you go or uh, choose to give you uh, an indefinite contract which makes it um, more difficult to fire you and uh, for example when you're getting when you're getting a house or a, uh, like another loan you that really helps like banks really like it there's a lot of security in that a lot I mean, of security it's a, it's a, it's exactly. a, lot, it's a big That's perk here the, yeah. the essence of it and so that was uh, a luxury that I had but it also made me think like the the general road you get a job you get a contract like that and with a contract like that mortgage uh, and you start settling yeah and um that 
that made me think like do i want that because i was also kind of doing digital marketing because i wanted to move to spain right and that that was a, a kind of a weird few a weird moment but it was a, a few weeks or so that you start to think about what do i really want because got into this line of work to go to Spain, yeah. but not so really enjoying the job, enjoying the company, enjoying the city. So why would I, why would I leave? And or, I mean, it's one more area where our paths intersect mm. and like I, I can 100% relate to this. Like was, I was at a point in life where I was super comfortable financially, happy with my job, had great friends, like really like in my mind had, had exactly what one should want. And I was like, think I'm I think I'm good with this path but yeah. I also knew there was something in the back of my mind itching saying like oh you got to make a change like you you're just going to do this for a little while then you're going to go adventure yeah. and, and and try different things and so yeah that's I mean I can I can 100% relate yeah, and then you start to wonder like should I should I still listen to that to that voice yeah. telling me that I just want to move to Spain and do I really want to move to Spain or is it something that I just made up when I was there and yeah um at some point, um, I was like, okay, well, why not try it? And Hanneke had the same thing. Like we, we could try it. She worked at uh, Snapcar at the time, which is like a car sharing platform oh, okay. uh, in a few other countries. And she was also very happy with the, the line of work she was in. And also doing digital marketing, right? Also doing digital marketing. I'm, I'm more of an SEO, um, Google Ads guy, mm -hmm. and she does more of social media email marketing. Okay. Yeah, um, actually frame digital marketing real quick because it's a broad term and maybe something that even a lot of people are like, yeah. what exactly does that mean? <laughs> digital so. marketing is acquiring new customers online for your business and there's different ways uh, to do so. A few of those parts of digital marketing are um, advertisements in Google and YouTube, for example, or advertisement on Facebook and Instagram. Mm. Uh, email marketing is one of them, a website with a good- Digital presence. Con yeah, exactly. Yeah. Digital presence in, in its broadest sense. And that that's what digital marketing is. And that like, I did a, uh, a big piece of that at the digital marketing agency I worked for. So, uh, and Hanneke did, did the other part. So Hanneke was more of a um, social media email marketing professional. And it only made sense to, to put that together in, in an agency. Yeah, as we, uh, as we talked about that, that does, we were looking for a durable way to, uh, to go, but we weren't sure if this was the durable way to go. So even before that, we, we went out uh, for a few drinks and we had, I'm going to say the, the app's <laughs> name again, Wunderlist. Yeah. <laughs> um, apologies. And we wrote down all of the ways that we could make money abroad. Mm -hmm. And um, I had done a sports massage course uh, the year before that, which took uh, an entire year to um, to get that license. And so that was one of the, the possibilities. And uh, Hanneke really liked the liked boot camps, and she also did some boot camps with uh, with friends. Really? Yeah. I so she, gave, she was like giving them like yeah, and she did yeah for fun because she followed such a lot of them. It was mm, yeah yeah it was super easy to to give them, as, um, which is probably not something you should do professionally if you're not trained to do so. <laughs> but like, it could have developed into something like that quite easily yeah. if you do some you you know how to. 
coach people a bit how to maintain your your body it's uh um it could work so yeah. some some things like that were on there um also the bucketing thing obviously but we weren't sure if that was going to work it's so interesting because in re- retrospect and even from that vantage point i could see how that would be the obvious answer because yeah. you both are already working in that it seems something from today's day and age like of course you can do that online yeah. of course you can do that from anywhere but it's interesting how even in that moment, like when you're evaluating options and you're working in an industry like digital marketing, you can still not be able to see the forest from these and say like, this yeah. is right in front of me. Like, no, I need to evaluate other options. Other options. And, and the um, that is something that I do quite a lot, which is also a bit annoying at, at times <laughs> yeah. because I really want to have a plan B, C, D. <laughs> and at some point you start realizing that uh, to have a plan B is great. To have a plan C is already kind of unnecessary. Yeah. Uh, D and E are ab- obsolete. I, w- I would argue that it's and like then, even blocking you from getting to plan A. Exactly. Like you keep you keep analyzing all your options, yeah. and then you're just never going to get there. It is all of that effort could have been could be put in in plan A, and if you do that, it has a very high success rate, yeah. probably. It might fail, but everything can fail. Yeah. And so that, that, that is what we did to be a bit more sure about, uh, about the plan. And then at some point I started, um, I started freelancing in digital marketing and all of that. Just it went, uh, I had two agencies as clients. So mm-hmm. that was a very, like my old, my, my former boss was one of our first clients and some clients that I had before that as well as a another uh, agency so all of that was a solid base to uh, to build on and from that i started to look for some more uh, some more clients and how did you find clients what's the method at, at first like for someone just getting started in digital marketing got a little bit of experience yeah. um, actually let's let's back up two steps there mm-hmm. so some advice for somebody like like i'm not sure if you studied digital marketing at school um, but just quick one or two points for somebody that's like, I want to get like, this sounds cool to me. Yeah. I'm interested in digital marketing, but I don't really know where to start. And then... Is this the cue to, to plug my digital marketing course? Oh, okay. <laughs> natural segue. Okay. Uh, Finally, we got to the do you have an do, affili- get, okay. do, it, do we have an affiliate program? Do I get, do I get any commission on this? <laughs> um, no, so um, what, what I... What I experienced was I did the the communications and the marketing for a company in logistics in the broadest sense so everything from designing a a sponsor board for a football field to google ads without having any uh, prior (laughs) knowledge of that and then the uh, one one of my cousin's boyfriends told me that digital marketing like the google ads bit of that is actually a job you can do. So <laughs> I didn't realize before that uh, that was well past. We went to Valencia, so things started to get mm. it started to to get into uh, a plan there. Yeah, and I realized that it, that it was a job, and that's when I start when I went to specialize at the digital marketing agency in Utrecht. But to become that, I think is like I didn't study for it. I did study communications, but not nothing more than that. And I think it just, it's, 
more about what type of person you are than being super good with uh, with the internet or something like that. It's like yeah. The this is an important stereotype to get over. <clears throat> a lot of people will say like, oh, I'm just not a good tech person or I'm not good at like internet stuff. <laughs> you know, uh, I just don't have yeah. those skills. But the truth is, is they're they're not super difficult to acquire um, yeah. and there's tons of the base is the base is quite easy to um, to get into the only thing that you need to have is to have an interest I would argue that you can be a digital marketing freelancer when it isn't when digital marketing none of your interest uh, or helping companies is none of your interest but it won't work in the long run yeah. and if you have any for me personally I really like to help companies grow to help people grow their company so i like to help people and that's where the intrinsic uh, motivation yeah comes are you, from are you we're part of the strategy like of your click is it you you get into the the marketing strategy as a whole as opposed to just like hey we need a website build hey we need ads yeah. like you're you're I, I gather you you enjoy working with the client and, yeah. and building out the strategy. Yeah, exactly. I, I like I like doing that. What I noticed, I was a Google Ads specialist at the digital marketing agency I worked for. And what I noticed that it it kind of gives you this tunnel view. Like you would come to me with a problem of Todoist and the answer might not have been Google Ads, but I would certainly think of Google Ads first. Right. And what I realized when starting to work for myself was that I went back to all of the other options and tried to put them together in a, in a way that makes sense. Yeah. And that is what we do for companies now is to look at their story and to find social media and other media that, that can work together, to make that brand bigger than, yeah. than it is or to acquire some more clients. Um, to go back to your question of how to be a, a digital marketer, mm -hmm. I think it's super important to just start. There are some great courses uh, that, that you can do, like mine is in Dutch, so yeah. that probably won't make any sense to a lot of people listening <laughs> to this. No, so, we, have a, we have a very big Dutch following yeah. here at the Broad, so <laughs> I'm, sure you, I'm sure you're going to see your numbers boosted quite a yeah. bit on the published day. <laughs> so there's quite some, uh, some good courses, I think. Yeah. Um, there's but, some, I mean, on not just YouTube, but on skill, courses like yeah. Udemy and Skillshare and yeah. other sites. There's, there's there a are, lot of there are, It's basically about doing a few of them, I think. Mm -hmm. that, that's in how I would work now if I wasn't to work in a digital marketing agency or something. I just wanted to go away as soon as possible, to, to go abroad as soon as possible. So what I would do is follow those courses intensively, pick a, a percentage of the savings that you can miss that you would typically, this is kind of like the, the Tim Ferriss approach, I think. Mm -hmm. you, you pick a percentage of your savings that, that, uh, that you can um, invest and probably people who, who want to move abroad already have like the, the list of ideas that they might want to do or you have some products that you might want to sell. And so the approach that I would take is do a few of those courses, get a, f a percentage, set 4,000 euros in savings, and you can you want to keep 3,000 of that, and you spend 1,000 on um, on your web shop, uh, mm -hmm. building it entirely yourself, and then also promoting it yourself. So mm -hmm. what we would be doing is making a 
business profile. You would need to do some SEO. You would do the web developing yourself, which doesn't have to take coding. So it's possible to do it without without any prior knowledge of technical things, just a lot of tutorials. You're sort of learning on the job, like you're, you're, you're building your job, business yeah. and learning the business that you're going to offer at the same time. Exactly. And what that business might fail, but you have used the, the skills that you learned in those in those courses uh, practically. And mm. I think that's the most important part to uh, acquire a some reference in digital marketing. So for example, when I worked at a logistics company, uh, I didn't know what was a normal cost. Like if someone clicks on your ad, that costs something and I didn't know how much something would be. And to acquire that reference um, is a is a very important step because yeah. without that you don't know if you're actually helping clients yeah, <laughs> yeah. this and only costs a dollar to yeah. like, it's only one dollar like the average cpc is 15 cents yeah oh, exactly it's not good. <laughs> so that would be to if you have the luxury of having time like you for example you would decide say that we will live in our own country for six months and mm-hmm. i would, one month of that i would spend on courses then um, maybe one or two months, I would try to find a um, um, a company to work for, for f- yeah. so that you get those you get those numbers. You really want to know how things work for different branches. For example, yeah. for example, things are super different for a corporate lawyer than for a uh, happy socks uh, web shop kind of a thing. So you would want to educate yourself in the broadest sense possible mm-hmm. and so we have a quarter left now right so yeah three months <laughs> left uh, and that's that's what i would spend in trying to uh launch your own uh your own company and um very cool plan yeah so something like that and obviously it, uh people listening now uh, will be like yeah <laughs> so I need half a year and four thousand, yeah. uh, and then I need to uh, pay my rent and all of that. But uh, it can be done you can in a shorter time, yeah. uh, or you can stretch <clears throat> it out, or you can do it um, besides, uh, like beside the job that you that you're currently doing. And there, there's a, endless possibilities uh, that can either uh, uh, teach you how to do it per- perfectly or get you into a burnout. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, but it, it paints a good baseline. Like yeah. it gives people some ideas mm-hmm. about like, okay, this isn't like you need to go get a four-year degree and then, exactly. you know, go start as an intern and then work your way up. And once you've had 10 years, then you can become a freelancer. Like yeah. it, I, I think something that I've been shocked by moving into more of the world that you and I work in is like how easy, relatively easy compared to that path that we think of going to work, which involves at a minimum, usually four year degree, maybe yeah. two more years for a master's. It's relatively easy. Like the, the, the barrier yeah. to entry is super low. Yeah, mo- motivation shouldn't be underestimated because this, for me, it was all done on motivation. Yeah. And I think with pretty much everyone who does it, for example, uh, coders might have learned that partly in school, they were also doing it for fun, like right. hacking a friend's website for yeah. fun or something like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And so that was from, from some sort of a motivation and for me it was the same like I just enjoyed making websites to make fun of people and I, yeah. I enjoyed a photoshop just to photoshop my friend's face on <laughs> something ugly <Yeah. laughs> and to 
to be playing with that and to be learning things like that that is a uh, a sweet spot that is difficult to find i think but it but there always is one yeah probably you can find it you just have to dig you might have to yeah. dig a little bit or get a little bit of think outside the box yeah i think and and so what is the what is the way like what would you give what suggestion would you give to somebody that's interested in finding their first client like mm. like we we use at doist we use uh, upwork to find a lot of freelancers if we need yeah. something are there is that a good website for someone just getting started or or do you suggest practically speaking i that in your close environment look for people that you can help with digital marketing mm-hmm. to build up some sort of portfolio close environment i'm personally not a big fan of uh charging uh, money in my personal environment around my friends and family because i feel like that's always a possible source of argues at uh, at birthdays (laughs) could be a source of a lot of things not good usually exactly yeah (laughs) so I'm, i'm not a big fan of that but i am a big fan of uh of helping uh, friends and family. So I, I do those things for free t- uh, to learn. And from that, like, they can introduce you to their friends or uh, yeah. the significant others, uh, family. Those people will uh, expect to pay for something and build it that way is a very uh, sustainable way, I think. And for example, if you did the, the internship that I was just talking about, the two months of um, of working for free then probably there will be a few you can work for that company as, yeah. as a freelancer maybe if you don't do much they'll it'll be super interesting for them to uh to hire you for uh to to outsource some some hours as well and besides that i did try the the freelancer uh kind of platforms mm-hmm. um i don't have very very good experiences so it's a lot of word of mouth it's a it's a lot of you you get a lot of most uh, of that yeah kind of like a a fire spreads i mean people you work for a couple people and they know people and before you know it it's like yeah just call luke or and then there's the most uh the most obvious one um is digital marketing so if you don't have a lot of money to invest in advertising which i don't think you will in the in the beginning it's also super expensive to advertise on broad keywords like google ads or something like that because all of the digital marketing agencies are doing that but you could for example uh, we're training um, someone now and we ask her to log all of the things that she learns so for example she's looking into a local seo now um, she's reading a, uh, a ton of blogs on it from uh, guys like uh, like Brian Dean or from platforms like Ahrefs. And um, she is writing all the things that she learns down and comes a, a page for our website. So to think in that manner, like you, you want to learn, so you take notes. If you take those notes without any spelling mistakes, you can... You put them on internet and yeah. give them uh, a title like uh, 25 marketing tricks, digital marketing tricks in, uh, in 2021. And that could be a possible page for a lot of people to find and to, uh, to read about. And they are at some point, some of the few thousand people that are reading your blog are going to ask you for help. And that's how you get started with, uh, with that. Again, like putting the knowledge that you're learning, that you're giving to your clients, like to work for you. And it's sort of like 
a cyclical effect. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. And it's yeah, helping other people to uh, to do it themselves is what we're doing now. So we have the digital marketing agency as well as a marketing course. And we learn people how to do it through the digital marketing course. And at some point they realize like this is difficult. It's a lot of time. I have my own company, which also is the biggest time investment that I've ever made. So we might as well outsource the digital marketing part on a small scale in the beginning and then grow from there. And as a, a digital marketing course, you're the first person that they're going to ask to do so. And uh, for me, that's that's a great way of keeping them in, in the cycle. Yeah. Uh, because you, you're able to help them do it themselves. They realize it's very difficult <laughs> because it is. Yeah. Um, if you go... You give them a path you, to do it themselves, but then yeah. as soon as they realize, oh, I, I, I don't yeah. want to do this, some of them will, but yeah. some decide not to, and then... Yeah, you well, can do it. You can do it for them and point them in the right direction. For me, it sounds uh, cheesy, maybe, but it's it's really about helping them. Like my money comes from helping people, and um, the digital marketing thing is like it's built around that. Yeah. So the the cause is a way to help people, but to do it for them is also a way to to help them, and I I like keeping it in in that loop to be uh, to help them in in multiple in multiple ways and. To grow our own business as well, obviously that's uh, that's what we want to do, but but only by by helping clients of ours. Yeah, it being the digital marketing course or the digital marketing agency. It's a great uh, f like in our business we call it like the that's like the funnel, you know, like just bringing people in through the top. You've given them something, and then eventually maybe they become customers. Um, yeah. So it's it's really really smart what you guys have done. Very important question: How is the beer? Uh, are you enjoying it? It's a, I like it a lot. The Perot Tropical. Um, yeah, the uh, it's a beer that you don't want to uh, drink too fast, and I I like those. <laughs> you okay. don't want it to be gone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> awesome. Well, we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up uh, in just a minute. Um, I just real quick want to I think something important to touch on for people, other people from the European Union in particular who. Uh, from the outside looking in, people think it's just like, like in the States, I can just pretty much, I can move state to another mm -hmm. without really thinking about it. And we kind of tend to think that it's sort of the same in yeah. Europe. If you're from the Netherlands, you can just move to Spain. That's relatively true. But I think you did also encounter some, uh, some hurdles from like a paperwork, not, not yeah. visa, but like paperwork standpoint, just getting registered. Would you just hit on a few things that someone should know? If they're, you know, they're freelancing, they're working the same way you might be working yeah. now, and they're making the move to Spain, what are some things they should be aware of that they're going to have to kind of overcome to, to get here? Yeah, the, the distance is the only thing to overcome. So I would just prepare well, but not too well. Like we just talked about how I prepare everything a bit too much. Yeah. And was the same for moving and to move our company. At um, point, I found myself uh, reading the the tax treaty. Is that what you call it? The tax <laughs> yeah. treaty between Spain and the Netherlands from 1798 <laughs> or something like that. So it didn't make any sense to do so, but it was some source that was, you know, like Wikipedia. You keep clicking, all of a sudden you're reading something that that it's not going to help you but you think it yeah. will and you I have to so, be prepared <laughs> exactly so for me uh, the the most important thing is to just go and find someone 
particularly in Spain, you need someone, if you have your own business, to take care of these things for you. Because mm -hmm. I planned everything out and I gave it to our potential accountant. And I was like, this is what I want to do. What do you think about this idea? And she told me, like, this is, this is, this would have been a great plan. Like, this is, air, this is airtight if it was 2016 because <laughs> nothing of that still exists that is the thing and about spain in particular yeah. i think is like content online is very outdated like yeah. gov government agency stuff uh, like and it changed super it, rapidly it changes so very no rapidly of uh, of keeping it up to date which i think that we tried like we decided that we would like the strategy we just talked about we would um map and log everything that we did to yeah. um get our company moved to Spain uh, as well as ours legally and at some like at step three of 30 or 35 maybe we gave up because it's just it's too many variables to uh, to think about so um, it's a big treasure hunt uh, that you should <laughs> see uh, like that because it's kind of fun kind of annoying yeah and but at some point it'll work out and no one's going to blame you if you don't write all of a sudden and it's also i know because we have the privilege to be from europe and people will look at us in a uh, in a manner like they they'll try to do it anyway and they'll try to do it right and we have had some people getting angry at us but also others that uh, were very very happy to help and uh, and i think a year and a half later, um, we finally got our residency <laughs> two weeks ago. Yeah. So just be prepared to take time to take time, time yeah. and, and not be too stressed about it because offices might close for August and you you're in the end you're going to find you yourself are the only person who really cares about it. So. That, that's a unbelievable advice. I've I found myself like uh, freaking out. Yeah, offices might close in August, offices might uh, shut down that are government agencies for two weeks, can't get something done, but your deadline's approaching, this happened to me, but then out that nobody cares. Yeah, just, just you, you just me. You, <laughs> yeah, you're stressing about it and it doesn't really make any sense because you, people know that it's, if you can show people that you're trying your best, it'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. So in the end, you guys, you're able to move here. You came, you had six months or a year or something to kind of get settled basically before you needed to worry about registering your business here, getting residency, things like this, correct? So yeah, like we, we waited until uh, the beginning of um, the beginning of the next year yeah. uh, to get everything sorted. So okay. I think moving from a different city, you have like six months that you can be abroad, but you need to be six months of a year in your home country. So gotcha. you probably have six months to, uh, to find if it works for you. Okay, that's perfect. I think that's great. That's great advice. Like if you want to move from Germany or the Netherlands or France or wherever in the UK and you're thinking, okay, I'm going to come to Spain or whatever country, give yourself six months, see if you like rent a place temporarily yeah. and, and figure out if you like it. And then if you do, you go through all those steps. It wasn't super painful what you ended up having to do, right? Like to move, no, I mean, you no. you get a store, a, a local kind of like, not an attorney, but something like an attorney yeah. to these things. And it's relatively and painless and you can, anybody can. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, great stuff. 
Thank you, Luke. Yeah, I learned a lot you. about you. I loved it. It was fun. We had a nice brewski together. Yeah. And uh, enjoyed it. Yeah. Great advice for everybody. So thanks again. We'll uh, we'll do it again. Yes, we will. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in today from wherever you are in the world. Once again, I'm Chase, and this has been another episode of About Abroad. You can visit aboutabroad.com to get our latest updates and listen to past episodes, or find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, really anywhere you get your podcasts. On that note, if you enjoyed the show, feel free to subscribe, and if inclined, leave a few stars and a review. It's truly, truly appreciated and will help more wanderers just like you find us. Until the next time, adios from España.